Good evening, guys. Come on in. Come on in. Everybody come in. Come on in. Welcome, 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 welcome. Hello, 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 hello. Come on in, guys. Everybody come on in. Come on in. Yay. Good job, guys. Good job. Come on in. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the webinar of all men. This webinar is going to be basically all about periodization. I am obviously not Sarah Cooperman. I am Jeff Howard, and Sarah is stepped out to go see one of her sons play hockey, I believe. And she's asked me to step in, and I'm excited to be a part of this. So great. Hey, Paul, how are you? Good, good. We're in. There we go. Good, good, good. Anyway, great. So we've got a great night tonight. We've got about 140 people signed up for this. Uh, webinar, but like most of the webinars, what we've seen happening is that we tend to keep going and then they record it and then they come and watch it doing podcasts and all that other good stuff. So we're not worried about that. But what I do worry about is that you guys are all going to be a part of this. So all I want you to do is take your cursor and go to the very bottom and open up the chat. And when you open up the chat, it should open up, drag it to the side. And I want everybody just to tell me where you're from and acknowledge it. Great, great, great. Tell me where you're from, guys. Tell me where you're from. Good. We got Palm Beach, Florida. Alabama. Cold in Alabama, Jackie. Uh-huh. Atlanta. Good, 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 good. D.C. Deb, I see you ATL in the house. I'm telling you, I'm trying. I'm trying. All hey, right, Beth Antel, how you doing? Well, we are, you guys, this is a topic that, you know, it's been generalized a lot. And, and, and I think we're going to hopefully break it down for you. I kind of want to jump right in. Um, periodization is the, science of pro, uh, is the science of programming. While this should form base for every training program, it is often taken for granted and used ineffectively with our clients. Join our panel of experts as we discuss the different modalities of periodization and how we can utilize them effectively for each of our unique clients. Before we start, though, I am going to go ahead and introduce my panel. We've got Dane up first. Dane Robinson is a certified fitness professional through the NASM and created the SCW Marketing and Sales for Personal Training Certification. After spending 10 plus years working on his way to the top, Dane impacts hundreds of people in private and group training classes and thousands of people across the country as a fitness coach on the Daily Burn 365 in New York. Welcome, Dane. Good to see you. We have Michael Stack, who is in his car. He wanted me to let you know that he is not driving. Somebody's driving for him. It's just been one of those days for him. He's an experienced physiologist, psychologist, what? And founder of a Not psychologist, that's for sure. Are you sure? Okay. Applied Fitness Solutions, located in uh, Southeast Lower Michigan. In addition to his role with AFS, he is a clinical professor for the University of Michigan School of Kinesiology and on the board director of Michigan Fitness Club Association. Finally, Michael is the creator and host of the Wellness Paradox podcast, produced in collaboration with the University of Michigan. We have Pete McCall, MS, who is the host of All About Fitness podcast. Authors of several articles, textbook chapters, and books, and is in addition, Pete holds an MS in exercise science and has been educating fitness professionals since 2002. He currently he is ACAS, he, uh, Core and Fitness 
Ace NSASM and coach of Coastal Dragons Rugby Club. Sorry, I butchered that. Paul, I don't even have your bio. Give us a quick synopsis. Background, brother. My name is Paul Christopher. I'm a human from Earth. Um, I'm based in Boca Raton, Florida. I am founder and owner of Gravity and Oxygen Fitness here in Boca. It's a 5,000 square foot facility that does both person training and group classes. Uh, my background educationally is in athletic training. I was an ATC graduate of UCF in Orlando. And I've been in the fitness field for about 20 years now. Yeah, that's me. Welcome, 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 Paul. My name is Jeff Howard, and I have a degree in kinesiology from University of Texas. I've been doing this for way, way, way too long. I do the Group X certification with SCW. I do the Aquatic certification with SCW. I do the Yoga certification with SCW, the Pilates certification with SCW. I just do it all. And I don't know anything about the topic tonight. So I'm excited to be here with this panel. And before we even start, guys, let's break down what this term even means. Periodization. Michael, start. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Jeff. And I think that we kind of want to demystify this for people right off the bat. I think periodization, when you hear about it, is something that becomes pretty unwieldy pretty quick because you hear all these terms, mesocycle, nanocycle, picocycle, all these things. Basically, to put it simply, all periodization is, is a systematic manipulation of training variables to achieve a specific goal. That's all periodization is. So it's kind of a fancy way to say planning, uh, but planning in a systematic goal direct way. And then the last thing I'll add before I throw it to the other panelists is remember, periodization came from the athlete world, specifically the Olympic world, Russia in the 50s and the 60s. That's where this model was birthed from. And that's kind of how it got here to America. For most of us, we're not working with high-level Olympic athletes. We're working with general population clients. So I think where a lot of the conversation is going to go tonight is how do we apply the model of periodization to adult general population clients that aren't peaking for a season or a game or an event? Love it. Anybody like to add to that, Pete? Nailed it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that, that's honestly. I mean, he just he hit the nail on the head, and and all it is is managing managing training stress. Is man, you know, that's all it is, and we'll get into that as we go. Good, 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 good. Because my my question was right off, guys. I was like this. So, what is the difference between periodization and what we do in our gyms on a daily, regular schedule with either personal training? Or when we're doing group fitness, what what is the difference really, Paul? So um, if Carter or Jeff enables me to share my screen, let's uh, let's use this as a really good launch point. I think a visual for the for the viewership might help them, and I think the other guys would agree that once they see this, like yeah, it's a good talking point. So Carter, are you are you able to enact sh screen sharing? Pa yeah, Carter. Carter. Yeah, your name. That's Chris. Oh, <laughs> oh Chris, I'm sorry, Chris. Can we uh, can we do that? Yes, you can screen share. You should be right able to your uh, co-host. Okay, so I go to screen share. Okay, cool. All right, guys. So let's take a little preview unknown. Now I'm going to throw uh, in the dark here. Let me see. Okay, let's see. Do I have screen sharing yet? Not no, yet. you don't. Uh, you have to click on the green screen share button. It should just have an option for which window you want to share. Please. Um, let's see. One, one participant share time. Okay, let's try that. All right. So... I had this all set up again, sorry. Um, it allows you, yes, sorry. Sorry for putting a pothole in the conversation. So yes, we're gonna add that and later. Okay, so let's try that now. I'm gonna try one more time. Okay, cool. All right, guys. So let's take a look at this first screen right here. Can you guys see this screen? 
You see what I'm, okay. So we have population people who love fitness. Take a I look at the left. Okay. We I have, it's my, my screen's kind of halfway, Paul. It's kind of just seeing, half of it. Yeah. yeah. Right now it's just is, is seeing that NSCA, the NSCA logo. All right. So let's see. Can you drag it up or? All right. Here we go. Okay. So we're showing this. All right. So there we go. Okay. Got there it. We yep, go. Now we got it. So talking about the Russians, so we mentioned the Russians, right? So there's Matt Viev's um, model of periodization. So take a look at those curves, right? So essentially an athlete who's looking to perform has different seasons. They have the off season. They have preseason. They have in season and they have postseason. Would that be accurate, guys? So take a look at those bell curves. We have huge waves, we have crests and troughs, but that's not what our everyday exciser, that's not our population that we're dealing with, has in their everyday life. So those are some pretty um, different changes in intensity. So now I'm gonna lose that screen and I'm gonna show you another one. Okay, can you guys see this one right here? Can you see this one now? Yeah. Now, so, we have three different populations. 1% of our fitness population are the aesthetics, those that are doing modeling for a magazine and those getting up on stage for bodybuilding, um, classic bodybuilding, uh, figure, whatever you name it. Their goal is to appear on stage or model at a specific date or time. Then we have the sports performance competition realm. Maybe it's somebody who's trying to make regionals for CrossFit. Perhaps it's a college soccer player. Perhaps it's um, a pro baseball player. They are looking to perform on a specific date or time or begin um, a sports season. So that little bell curve we saw before is what they're looking for. Now we have the 98% of our population. They have no specific accomplishment task date other than meet or exceed the needs of everyday life. They understand the basic benefits of movement and exercise and what it has to offer. Mobility, stability, strength, cardio health, injury prevention, look good, feel good, have self-esteem, and be attractive to the opposite sex or whoever we, we, uh, we seek to, to date, right? So essentially that is what's going on. Our population of interest is the 98%. So with that, periodization becomes a tricky play when it, when it comes to your program design. Hopefully guys, that gives a good launch point for us to continue talking now. Does that help? Yeah, but so once again, what's the difference between periodization and what we're doing on a regular basis? You want to touch it, Dane? I think I think I think the fundamental difference is periodization is planned and systematic, and I think that that's what a lot of fitness professionals will miss the boat on by not applying periodization. It's that it's kind of random and ad hoc, whereas I think a a qualified exercise professional has a systematic plan that they're implementing with their client, with the ability to modify the plan as they need to based upon the demands of the client's life and what they're bringing into the gym, but it's, it's basically putting forethought into guys. I mean, let's add to that. Yeah. I agree. Just to, to talk a little bit more to like what everyone's been kind of harping on, just like it started as like from a, from an athlete perspective and just how Paul talked about, you know, the way that we were training in season for my time being like a, a collegiate and professional football player, you know, like you're building up, you know, certain, you know, intensities just to make sure that you can make it to, you know, game time versus the off season. Well, I think if I'm taking what Paul was talking about and same thing, how Pete was mentioning, but what Michael kind of talked, you know, touched upon is that like, we have our strategic plan of uh what like said one of the bell curves that paul showed of like 
growth and intensity, growth and performance, but also being mindful of like real life stuff that kind of goes on with our general population. As far as like, I always use like kids as an example, because most of the clients I train, they're kind, they're not on their own schedule. Like their kids dictate like what the schedule is and now being able to understand what's happening through each time of the season and being able to build them up into not just, um, you know, well, you know, what their own goals are, but how can we really achieve consistency in their training through what we're trying to peer design, but not being too bound to it. Because again, like sometimes we're, we're always in control of our schedule for the most part, but if our clients have, you know, two, three kids that are all different ages, like they're at the mercy of school schedules and practices and holidays. All periodization is doing is just planning, as you guys mentioned, is planning training and watching intensity. And it's just a matter, I mean, Here's the thing: when, when you're when you're first when you first start working in the fitness industry, you want to give everybody a great workout. You want to crush everybody with a great workout, right? You want to impress people. How yeah, we can do it. Go harder than those other folks. But once you've been doing this a while, you realize that exercise is stress, and that you need to account for other outside stressors. Meaning that if somebody has a busy period at work, how many people out there ask their clients when their fiscal years are? Right, because with the January fiscal, January, January one fiscal year coming up, a lot of companies right now, a lot of private companies are on a Jan January one fiscal are finalizing their budgets right now. Right, so for the last three to five weeks, their executive teams have been in budget planning season session. Well, if they're your clients, you have to understand that that budget planning season is going to be a higher stress load, so they might not be able to perform as well in the gym. So it's really it's taking that extra step and identifying in clients lives when are your higher periods of stress because guess what when you have high stress we're going to down regulate your exercise we're going to keep you moving but i'm not going to push you then when your work stress kind of comes down again a little bit now we can ramp up your exercise stress to make sure it has optimal benefits but that just comes with experience and knowing and being comfortable telling people sometimes you know what the best thing for you today is an easy workout where I don't crush you and I just get you moving a little bit, a little bit better. I love that. I love that. So does periodization also play into the weather? For instance, you know, Pete, I'm not going to ask you because you're in California and your weather doesn't change much. But like Michael Dane, Paul, where are you based out of again? I'm sorry. I'm in a, a pretty cool weather spot too, Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you guys. I'm going to ask Michael and Dane. Do you, does that play into also then your programming? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm in Michigan, and you know, it's it's snowing out here now, and just outdoor activity. I know that our clients are going to be far more active in the spring and the summer here outdoors. So then I have to then plan for that with what we're going to do inside. So maybe I don't need to do as much metabolic conditioning during the the summer and the spring, whereas in the in the late fall and early winter, and you're going to be even in the later winter, I need to actually incorporate a lot more indoor conditioning because they're not getting that outside. So it definitely, understanding the demands of their life outside of the gym and the things they're doing informs my periodization model when they're in the gym. I love that. Dang. It's almost the inverse, you know, I would say here in Atlanta, where when in, you know, 
nice warm weather, you know, and whatnot, like most of our folks are, you know, outside and I can almost trust them a little bit more with their own kind of recreation and, and what they're doing. So I tend to almost think about when we, it gets into colder weather time and they're indoors more, I, I use that as almost prime opportunity to find, you know, um, aspects to increase their intensity, whether, you know, where it always starts off with just foundational training, move your body against gravity, then obviously per the client, being able to then increase load bringing that up into some sort of high intensity interval training um, again, during kind of these like winter months. Cause I know uh, just from a, again, a life perspective, uh, they tend to be a little bit more self or self-efficient uh, when the weather gets warm. And I think there's more opportunity for us here, say in a, in a Southern state uh, when the weather gets cold. I love that. I love that. What are the different kinds of periodizations that have been successful with your clients? Pete? Well, this, and I think it was, uh, Michael was talking about this a little bit earlier, and that's this concept of undulating periodization, uh, because very rare, unless you, you're training, unless a client's training for a marathon, or maybe training for a wedding, we have a very specific date, it's very rare that we have clients with very defined goals that we can back away from. So instead, undulating periodization, nonlinear periodization, however you want to describe it, allows you to plan different levels of intensity different days of the week. I mean, I've written about it in both the, both the books I've written to, to provide practical models of how to scale that. But I'll let, if somebody else wants to contribute what exactly undulating means, uh, I just think that that's functionally with, mo with the major strong majority of our clients, I think that's, that's the only way we can really apply it. Michael, you want to say something, everybody? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you nailed it, Pete. That's 100% true. And basically, undulating periodization mm. is saying you have a hypertrophy workout, you have a strength workout, you have a power workout, you have an endurance workout. Those are kind of the four types of workouts you can do. And based on what that person is bringing into the gym that day, I'm going to select the workout based upon what their body's capable of tolerating. Somebody's really well rested, really well recovered. I might do something like a power workout that's going to be a little bit more neuromuscularly taxing. If somebody's beat up and they're not able to do things at a high quality, maybe I'm doing some kind of a more simplistic metabolic conditioning or endurance type of workout. So um, the big thing with undulated periodization or periodization in general, and, and we've all kind of danced around the words, but I think it's important to say is this is just kind of the inverse relationship between, you know, intensity and volume, you know, as, as volume goes up, intensity goes down, as intensity goes up, volume goes down. And I think that's the mental model we need to have when we think about programming to we're always manipulating the intensity relative to the volume. And that like fundamentally that, that is at the heart of periodization. Love it. Love it. I, go by, I go by principal statement of um, first thing I do when, when our clients come into the gym, I say, how do you feel today? And your pre prescribed program should never precede the needs of the client that day. So Jane, how do you feel today? Oh, my son had me up till three in the morning. My husband is coughing. He's sick. And so there you go. So what you had planned, just got get tossed by the wayside because the client that day has different needs. So instead of stay, taking a step backward, we take a side step and once again, you vary that volume and that intensity based upon the need of that day. Yeah. Wow. And if, wow. you, if you already look at what, where they're at, you know, again, from either fiscal or a seasonal type of a aspect there, um, what I try to apply with, with my clients is, you know, those first, that first year, you know, cause I planned it out for like a year. Like, listen, like we got four quarters of a year, we got four seasons, you know, and just kind of like looking at how we progress 
you know, every 90 days and kind of going from there, if I'm just starting out with them. But kind of like when we talk about undulating, I like to just use the idea of like wash, rinse, repeat uh, in the sense of like, okay, week one, just again, just a lot of body weight work. Week two, endurance. Week three, we're going to create some load. And then week four, you know, if, if anything, uh, it's not so much from an entertainment standpoint, but this is where, you know, workouts can get, you know, a little bit, you know, more sexy. And then basically that body weight workout that, you know, you might have been slightly either bored with or really needed when life and time was stressful, all of a sudden becomes like almost like a deload kind of week. And you're kind of craving that at that point um, per it. But again, like how Paul said, like, don't be too tight to your own plan where you can't make pivots. And if you're going through, you know, your own undulating periodization, then it's like a recipe card. Like you can just, and I know we were going to talk about intuitive training, but like just a recipe card, like this is how you're feeling, or this is what's going on in life. Cool. Not I'm scrapping that, but I'm just going to like, instead of ABC, I might just flip this around or I might go to, you know, a different recipe of what's going to get you to what you need today. Right. I like what Michael said before is, um, you know, we, the topic is about periodization, but he mentioned, as long as you have a sound-based philosophy and a sense of structure to your programming, then your client is certainly going to receive that level of consistency of experience. Um, we have our own philosophy. We have boards that we promote and transparently show to potential clients. And they appreciate a little bit of knowledge, knowing that we have a style and system and that we're going to not pigeonhole you to it, but we're going to adapt that structure, that blueprint to what you need individually. And even in our facility where we have day-to-day -day classes of you know, strength and cardio, we have personal training, Within our gym, we have special programs. We have a six-week New Year's program called Good to Great. We have a 30-day um, challenge to no sugar, no alcohol, no processed foods in September called no, called no Bowl. So in those little mini seasons, we have six weeks and then 30 days to let people experience transformation. And we do pre and post data of performance tests. So even in a day-to-day -day operational boutique gym, we can still have many snippets where we see pre and post improvements. And that you can see more periodization. I love that. Michael, did you want to add something? Yeah, I was and because Dane mentioned uh, deload, and I think that's so important. I think sometimes we forget that we can't continually be ramping up the stress on our clients all the time. I think that the general philosophy <laughs> of our programs can be you know, constantly pushing them to improve, but there does need to be some undulation in the training stresses we place on someone. And, and you know, Dane, you kind of talked about well, week one, week two, week three, week four. Like I, I look at it in a stepwise fashion. Week one is the lowest intensity. Week four is the highest intensity. Going back around to the next week one of the next training phase, I'm dropping intensity back down again. So we're, we're not always loading, loading, loading. There has to be some time for unloading. In there. So I think that was a great point. So to break it down, basically, you look at the entire workout program, whether it be a group setting or personal or one-on-one, -on -one, and you just have a game plan. That's basically what periodization is. And then oh. you have to Well, I was going to say, in group fitness, when I teach group fitness, I periodize my group fitness workouts kind of based on what time of year it is. Like if I'm doing teaching indoor cycling classes, I kind of gear it to whether it's winter, we're doing more endurance training because not as many people are out on the road due to less light. When we get towards spring, I ramp it up and do more, more interval training and anaerobic interval training because I know my road cyclists are getting ready for outdoors. So if you understand kind of the, the, that concept of manipulating volume and intensity, you can apply, I mean, periodization can easily be applied to group fitness as well, and it should, and we should be telling our people what we're doing and why. I mean, they should have that insight that, that there is a system behind what they're doing. 
I love that because that was my question because I know a lot of times we do PT, personal training, and we do periodization. But in a group setting, could the schedule even dictate that? I, I think go a thousand percent. A thousand percent, because now now you're talking about, you know, I, I would assume my, my mind goes into like retention at that standpoint, uh, because they see that there is a plan and it's not just it, a group exercise experience is just that an experience. But now you put a roadmap to it and, and guys and ladies, I hope that we're, we're hearing just the, the consistent message of like having a systemized plan of action that you can always detour away from and get back on the highway. And I want to toss this imagery out because again, if I put everything in like athletic terms, like it like clicks, you know, for, for me anyway, but we've mentioned like in, you know, uh, in season and off season, I know specifically for, you know, my, my handful of private clients, like if I'm thinking a preseason is the summer right before school kind of, you know, gets into it, you know, I have opportunities to kind of, you know, ramp them up if they're, uh, you know, I would say if I'm getting this slightly backwards, uh, preseason would be, excuse me, like the fall, like right about now, uh, in season would be like the holiday times right about now, like they're busy, they're traveling, a lot of inconsistencies in training frequency. After that, that off season might be January. I remember as an athlete, off season was usually like, all right, we don't have another season for a while. So like, let's get after it. And that way, again, now we get into the summer and now I start getting a little bit more into like ramping this up just based on the season. So if you think about it, almost kind of like they are everyday athletes, like what's their in season, what's their post season, what's their off season, what's their preseason? Of course, with the, uh, the wave of news resolutions, most humans, or at least in America, they, they always find New Year's Eve as their launch point, right? Or um, the New Year for their beginning of the in-season. It's amazing. And all things start with good intentions. And it's a matter of, you know, can you sustain that throughout the winter and the spring and the summer? I love that. I love it. It's funny. I, I teach, of course, fitness here in, in Texas or in Kentucky. And I walked in yesterday and I had 65 people there and they were burnt. Yeah. I hit them really hard Monday and Tuesday. And yesterday I had to abort my plan because I beat them up so hard that we just went into basic cardio. We just went into like endurance training because I beat them up so hard and they walked in and you could tell their faces were like, give us a little bit of a break from lifting heavy weights. And I had to pivot. And, and that's basically what you guys are saying, but generalization, being aware of it, but still having a game plan. Um, so you kind of all hit on this a little bit. What variables do you consider when designing a program for your clients? And a lot of you have hit on this. Would any of you like to say anything more about that? What variables do you consider when designing a program for your client? Well, yeah, so I'll, I'll start and then we expand on it. Certainly there's the general like fit principle, frequency, intensity, time, type, and that's you know very, very broad. So we're talking about how we manipulate you know, all four of those things, but then you can get a lot more granular with strength training. And that's that's where I think the, the art meets the science of program design, because at that point you're talking about the exercises you select in the order of the exercises, the rep ranges, the rest intervals, the velocity of movement. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll say, and then hopefully tee it up for everyone else. The rest interval is the most underrated program variable to be aware of. It, it drives every, every adaptation, every response. And it, I, I always say it like this with strength training, like most people don't time the rest intervals. Not timing your rest interval during a strength training workout is like walking up to the dumbbell rack, closing your eyes, just grabbing two dumbbells and then doing an exercise. It's such a critical element that that is something that we have to be more aware of when we're programming in an individual or a group setting. So 
that kind of you know, broadly speaking, those are the variables as I see it. But yeah, I think, yeah. go ahead, Mike. That's a great point because um, you know. Um, you can't cheat time. So one of our most intense days in our gym in our six cycles of classes is metabolic. So it's all sets of exercise based upon time instead of repetitions. So we could be going with something such as 45 seconds active, 15 seconds rest. And in only that 15 seconds rest, they're already going into that next set pre-fatigued. So when it comes to strength gains, the neuromuscular system needs, needs time to be able to achieve the same weight or more the next set. Whereas if your goal is hypertrophy muscle growth, you're going to diminish those rest periods to put your muscle in a state of duress so that way it's microscopically broken down and requiring that neuromuscular need to, to um, grow new tissue. So undoubtedly, that's a great point, Mike, is um, that rest intervals are underrated in regards to timing that. Like literally sitting there with your timer or your stopwatch and regulating your rest periods and knowing exactly as opposed to casually thinking you're ready to go um, is a huge part, is a huge variable when it comes to intensities. Agreed. Pete? Uh, you know, you can change any program by manipulating the rest variable, rest interval, right? I mean, as soon as you start chopping time off the rest interval, all of a sudden that metabolic load goes up and you feel yourself working a lot differently. Yeah, I would totally agree. Rest is, is critical for, uh, for manipulating a program. The other one that I would look at that hasn't been mentioned yet is complexity, movement complexity, because you have to think about what the movement skills somebody has because if, say, somebody's learning new movement patterns or learning how to hinge or lunge properly, there's a different level of recovery that needs to be baked in because that's more of a neuromuscular issue or more of a patterning issue, meaning they're, they're still under the, the development process. I mean, Dane kind of alluded to it as well when he talked about kind of the different phases of it. But if you're going to be using more complex movement patterns, there should be a, a, a thought towards recovery from there as well because it's just you fatigue the nervous system as well as a motor, neuromotor system. Good, getting back to your question as far as the variables that I choose, um, I'm big on um, what is that person's current work capacity and um, do they come in with any pre-existing injuries? And that's going to play a big part. So if they come in with some kind of, you know, rotator cuff tear or they come up with some kind of, you know, hip labral issue, that's going to dictate my choices of whether I'm going to get them on the floor, working with or without gravity. Um, is there increased need for stability? Um, so all those factors of injury prevention What's their current life uh, ability and their work capacity to do something fitness-wise? That will dictate, are we doing half-hour sessions or hour sessions? Um, am I focusing on your joint mobility or your core stability? So those are things that I look at from a, uh, a FitPro standpoint. I love that, Dane. No, I think everyone hit, hit the nail on the head. I, I don't have too much to add into it other than, you know, um, I just got caught a flashback of uh, being very stern in a positive way of like, you know, sometimes like our clients, you know, my clients, like they want to move, they want to get to it. Like, it's just a matter of like, rest. It's all good. Like dumbbells not going anywhere because I want you to succeed with what I'm asking you to do consistently. Um, but sometimes they have it in their head. It's go, 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 go. And we have to really like, you know, I'm all for pulling the reins and being like, look, as opposed to having to push somebody, I appreciate their enthusiasm, but I think we really do have to put a, a strong stance on just like, you know, chill, relax so that you can perform at, at a high level um, throughout that. But for the other variables that, you know, really uh, I continue to look at again, it's most mostly lifestyle. Um, um, and what are what consists of that that are in your control? Recreation, um, what you're what you're eating and drinking, what kind of lifestyle you want to live. Like if it's you work out so you can eat and drink what you want, rock and roll, do your thing. Um, you know, or and then the things that you're not in control of. Like I said, um, you know, injury. 
you know, that, you know, unfortunately that, that's bestowed on somebody or something they've been doing that's chronic. Um, and, you know, that is not muscular or skeletal, something that is more kind of like maybe organ based. And then obviously things that like I've already pre, uh, mentioned, which happens to be just a foundation of the people I've worked, uh, I get a chance to work with is again, just uh, what's out of their control kids. <laughs> well then, so I guess it comes down to when you're qualifying your clients, the questions you ask for what the program is going to be designed accordingly. Pete, what are some of the questions you ask them to like qualify people for a program that would be then to use this, this principle of periodization, to tailor it to them? What do you, what do you mean? To just, I, it would be asking about their periods of highest stress. I mean, that, that really is, because you want to kind of, what's that? Like a goal, like somebody comes to you and they're like, like Dane just said, like, let's say they just want to maintain ba ba ba. Like, I want to just be able to eat and drink and still lose and gain da da da. How would you then design a program? Yeah. Honestly, I just, I would, I would ask them, like, what, what do they like doing? What do they want to be able to do? And really, I mean, I, I'm going to repeat this again. Just find out when their busy times of year are. Everybody has, especially the people who can afford personal training, they kind of have their, their schedules dialed in and people know. That if you're a teacher, your busier time of year is getting ready to go back to school. It, it sometimes that's the case of a parent or different people just have different cycles. So that's really the biggest because what the, what you're doing when you when you start talking to your clients about stress level, overall stress level, sleep, rest, recovery, you're kind of moving away from just being a personal trainer and really building value for yourself and credibility as a coach. And they'll start if you if you're asking people about their quality of sleep. And talking about how that ties into their ability to perform in the gym, you're creating a much better value for yourself. Because that's another area where when you're young, you start out as a trainer and you think, I'm just going to give people a workout, bang, give people a workout, bang. You're not really thinking overall strategy. But once you become a little more confident in this, you're like, you know what? Today, the workout is not the best thing for you. I hear what you're telling me, but let's focus on a mobility workout, for example. That's when you can have the biggest effect on your clients' lives. I love that. Do you want to add anything to that, Michael? Yeah, well, I was. I actually want to. I want to go back and say one thing, and then I'll I'll add on to that. If we're talking about uh, underrated training variables that we don't think about, we talked about rest, we talked about movement complexity. The other thing I'll add is velocity of movement, and I think this is something that we forget to do as our clients age. We know as people age, their power production reduces, and we know that is a risk factor for falls and just an overall decline in functional capacity. So. I mentioned the word power earlier. Uh, I think it's important to ensure we're incorporating some aspect of explosive movement into all of our clients' programs uh, that are appropriate. So I, I did want to circle back around to that. But you know, to, to, to Pete's point, it is the, the essence of what we do for our clients in personal training is we make it personal. So we get all of those pieces of information we need to then marry that with the plan we're putting in place so that the plan actually meets the demands of that client's life. So it's a lot of a lot of understanding their life outside of the gym. And the good thing now with all the technology we have, uh, we have so much of an opportunity to track a hundred different biometrics on someone from their room or from their Fitbit. So it, 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 it dovetails nicely with all the technology we have access to now. I love that. I love it. Do you want to add anything to that, Paul? How do you qualify your people and design a program accordingly that's periodized? Like, so I mentioned, touched on it before in regards to um, what is their current capacity in this moment, in this snapshot right now in your life? How much volume can you overall handle when it comes to cardiovascular resistance training? Um, are there any prior injuries I should be aware of? And I live in the realm of can do, so we try to figure out as many things you can do despite a specific orthopedic injury. 
Um, and then once again, it's how frequent may I be able to see them? What's my exposure to them? And that's going to predicate my design. So an example, um, you know, I have my day-to-day -day clients I've had for 15 years. They come two to three times a week. And then I have a very prominent football coach who comes in on his bye week um, down to Boca, and I'm not doing any periodization with him. I'm giving him basic structure blueprint of a great sound overall comprehensive workout. So I see both ends of the spectrum when it comes to, do I see someone once every couple months or am I seeing them three times a week? And it's nice to know that even the person you see um, rarely is coming back to you for the services because somehow, some way you impacted them on those rare times that you train them. So I think um, if, if you're, I, you know, I live my career by one quote, strategies are many, principles are few, the strategies may change, but the principles never do. So whether I see them 12 times a month or two times every five months, the principles hold true as to how I work with them. That's my blueprint. And it's had some pretty, uh, pretty season, pretty sincere success. So. Dane, do you want to add anything or. Um, it's where, where were you, where you are, and where you're going. Um, if I can detail out those three chapters, that gives me kind of a, a, a nice, um, framework to, to write their story. You know, I, I, Love using you know the avenue that what what we're writing is uh, is a narrative for them in the physical sense and whatnot because this is impacting their lives um, and especially when we're talking about programming at that stage of game like writing writing a workout sometimes is like like being like a, a country sing country singer or a rap artist and whatnot it's like writing lyrics it's writing beautiful music um, so but we have to understand like what what is this narrative for this person and usually I start off with with those qualifying questions yeah where where you been at where you are and where are we going? Because they have to still do the work. It's just a matter of like, we are the vehicle. We're the vehicle uh, that's going to get them from point A to point B. And it's just a matter of like what we equip, uh, you know, the, the vehicle with. Because ultimately they have to drive that, but again, you know, we should be almost the the uh, the GPS, you know, the GPS for their success uh, in a lot of different ways to help navigate. Obviously, that they've put in a destination, and we're going to help them get there, you know, in the most efficient way, um, like like ways or something, avoiding traffic here or finding a detour there. I love that. I love that. It's funny. I, I've always trained a lot of brides in my career. I've trained a lot of brides and we've always had to do this periodization training actually to get them to a point where they're wanting to look bride ready. And I get a lot of mom brides that are doing it as well. And people are doing marathons, but I think it's interesting that we're at this time of the year where January 1st is happening. And, and you you touched on that, Paul. I mean, this is like, as our business, this is where we're gonna get flux with a lot of people. And this is where this training could really help build your business. Um, any tips on how to get that out there and, and, and kind of push that forward? Uh, Michael, do you wanna start? And, and, and cause it kind of leads into how does it become intuitive then? How can you do this periodization and let it become just part of who you are? Yeah, well, I think this was touched on earlier, and it, it is a good sales and retention tool to explain to your clients how you are going to systematically plan their workouts out over the course of a year. Like I will, like I can put the general plan up there and say, you know, or on a sheet of paper and say, here, here's generally how we do it. There's going to be you know, nuance and there's going to be things that are going to change, but like I already kind of have general structure of what I want to do for you this uh, for the entire year for you and i think that's very very powerful they don't know what the plan is but they know that you have the plan for them i think that's a very very powerful thing from a, a sales and a retention i agree i love that i love that so um people come to us for one of two reasons lack of knowledge of what to do or lack of motivation to do it or both so if you're using it as a marketing tool as michael said 
showing that we are providing the structure of the skeleton of this program. We're going to pre-test you, post-test you, and hold you by the hand the entire six or eight weeks. That's what they're looking for. That kit and caboodle all one package. Well, they don't have to think about it. We do the thinking for them. They just have to carry out the physical and they are seeking that. I love it, Pete. Muted. Sorry, I have my, my bulldog is storing right off camera, so I don't want to, so I had it on mute. Um, yeah, periodization, I mean, look, years of science demonstrates that periodization works. It just, it's a matter of getting, getting comfortable with your clients and letting them know you're working in their best interest, right? Your clients may want to come in and blow it out, but if it's not, if it's not the right day for them, you shouldn't do it. The best thing you can do is like, hey, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want you to get hurt, and I don't want you to move away from your goal. So me backing you off right now is going to be the best thing for you. Well, yeah. Dane, how about you, brother? I'd say just in the sense of um, that was a great point, Pete, um, where I use it as a retention tool, because, again, at the end of the day, again, when whether you're listening to this live or on your own time, like have a strategy and have a plan and like own it, trust it. You know, obviously, it will, you know, iron itself out after your time because you're going to learn more as you uh, continue on in this profession, this industry. But I like to use it as like, look at where we are versus where we started. You know, I like to always kind of look at like when we get into like those max intensity days and we are going uh, full metabolic and, you know, kind of to touch on Pete's points, like it, imagine trying doing this like off the bat, like when you wanted to just like start doing like burpee backflips, you know, obviously I'm just joking, but, you know, and it kind of serves as an aha moment because when we're showing them the strategy and we're kind of bringing them along in this narrative of our planned periodization, you know, we, we love the clients that like get it because it makes our job more enjoyable. We're not having to like convince, we're just having to educate consistently and it creates a more um, intimate and, you know, like how you mentioned, Jeff, intuitive conversation where we're getting them away and to where they want to be at. And we love what we do with them and we'll train them to the end of time because they get it. I love it. I love it. Um, before we, hold on. I'm going to everybody put in where, how they can get a hold of you guys. Cause I know that people are going to reach out to you and I want to make sure that they can get a hold of you, either social media or email or something, a book. I mean, Pete's got a great, great book that he just has, has uh had it's a great christmas gift if you want to give it to someone <laughs> um, but definitely you know I, I want to make sure you get a hold of everybody and i know you had something you wanted to say paul yes yeah, so um jeff about 10 minutes ago you touched on the idea of can you do periodization within a group fitness system well let me tell you who perfected that model crossfit okay yeah. so crossfit became a sport the sport of fitness has arrived so um whatever anyone's personal opinion is about crossfit good or bad they have, they have polished the model of periodization within a group setting because now they had the open games and you had to now prepare for the open wads and they would make Friday nights their culture maker. That's a great retention tool to make their happy hour competing in the opens and then you record your performance, submit it to the nationals based upon your score, you're invited to regionals. So CrossFit has maximized and polished the idea of periodization because there's exercise and then there's training, and you're generally training for an accomplishment. So you're seeing Spartan come out with the idea of DecaFit now, we're affiliated to that at our facility. But CrossFit really made the idea of periodization and training for a specific goal and a task in the sport of fitness. So, um, you know, it's become the biggest fitness entity in the world because of what they're doing from that periodization standpoint as a whole with group membership. I love that. I love that. You know, it, it's something that if you all do not have your clients, people that are listening, 
or your classes at the beginning of the year, write down three fitness goals that they want to achieve, you're missing out. Let them write it down so they know what they want to achieve. And then as their trainer, you can make it happen. It's very easy. Even a group setting, piece of paper, write it down, have it. Tell them that we'll bring it back in six weeks. See if we're doing halfway of it. And then in three months, you you, you got to have them keep coming back there for three months to get a permanent change. But it's something very simple, but you'd be amazed. You doing that shows them that you care. And then you have data that you can actually do something with. We are actually out of time. I would love yeah. my panelists to so, say, add something if they'd like. Can, can we, we do a laser? Can we do a laser like fire of like Sheila's question real quick? Because I don't want to leave her hanging. <laughs> please do, please do go. So tips for group training for like the sixty plus community. I'd say uh, stability, resistance training, and velocity. Like Mike said. Good. Mm -hmm. You want to add sixty? Mm -hmm. Sixty plus community. Unmute. Well, no, you got velocity he said it yeah. speed speed dorsiflexion get them to be able to dorsiflex their ankle properly you'll save a lot of falls i love that paul two things you need before you die joint mobility cardiovascular health i don't need bigger biceps there you all go. right guys i want to thank everybody thank i want to thank of course dane pete michael paul and of course chris for being our scw panel you guys will be recorded thank you everybody have a good night stay safe Bye. Bye.